tattooed her number on her left hand and she tattooed her number in my heart. Oh, violins playing. Yeah, it's just in the midst of this atrocity, there is a love story. So it's amazing. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you stopped by. Today, we are diving in to The Tattooist of Auschwitz by Heather Morris. And it is her debut novel. I did not know that. Oh, it was. Wow. I should say it was. Okay. And it was published in 2018. 2018. And she's a New Zealand author. I had no idea it was her debut. It's she did a, a wonderful job, and she spent three years with Lolly Sokoloff, uh, the hero of the story, to get his story in pieces over, I think, a, a three-year period. And it's fascinating how she really kind of connected everything back together and put it all in a book. She did a fabulous job. This is also going to be turned into a miniseries on Peacock in May 24, so this year in may i think they're turning into a series so but set the scene for us what is the tattooist of Auschwitz about well um and i think another thing before you get even to the book that uh we need to know that heather morris you know she had been trying to write plays and screenplays and all that and not success but this made her successful so i'm thinking man you just have to try and try and try again but um, uh, a friend that I taught school with, uh, Carrie, I can't say her last name. It was, it was a long one, but it was like uh, uh, lollies. Uh, but she she kept bugging me about this book, you know. But I never thought I would, I, I didn't know it was true. Uh, in fact, you, you still can't believe that it's true when you read it. So you, I, I know, you yeah. Know, here's a, a, a book that will... No, you will not be in Auschwitz, but you could at least have empathy for the people who were there when you read this book and see what happened. And uh, man, but, uh, and there's even pictures in the back of the book. I think she said, uh, if I, I think it was a trilogy. So there's two more of these books, but I don't know if they're true. They're not about Lolly. They're about other people that you meet in that first book. So okay, I need to. I, I'd be interested in reading those. I gave you but, one. Okay, but I, I didn't get that. the other one. And I, I'll be honest, it, it's a hard read. It mm-hmm. it is hard, you know that. Um, but I think it's a necessary read. Oh, I really good. do. And and the fact that it is true, and she does such a good job, Heather Morris, of honoring the people that went through that time. She's very accurate, and the, like. It, it's everything in here is true and it's just it's it grieves your heart that it's true but I think we need to know that because we need to be aware that people can do that people can commit these atrocities and I think it's important to to revisit this so that we keep compassion in the forefront of our minds and don't let ourselves become hardened or calloused and I mean in the fact that Love can blossom in an environment like that is just a testament to the power of love too. Oh, it's like, wow. Yeah. And like uh, she did, Heather Morse did an interview, um, which you can find it on YouTube with Lolly. 
And one of the things that he said is, I tattooed her number on her left hand, and she tattooed her number in my heart. Oh, violins play. I mean, yeah, it's just in the midst of this atrocity, there is a love story. So it's amazing. And he is, uh, he's an unusual person though, because uh, he loves with his whole heart. And you know, he, he never, uh, that's what the author, I heard her talking and she said, he loved with a love that I hope some of you are loved with, but she didn't say all of you because it's like an unusual kind of love. And she Mm. knows that because even that's the kind of person he was. He took his married brother's place to protect his family. Yes. So, I mean, from the get go, you kind of see he's kind and compassionate. He's um, 25 years old and the year is 1942. And uh, he's good with words, too. And he at one point I quoted him as saying, let's try to turn fear into hope. Mm -hmm. And then and then he said, uh, my life is too good to end in this stinkhole. (laughs) Yes. So, I, I mean, he never he never gave up, but it was, and he also, it's a lesson of no matter how bad things are, you could help those around you. And by helping those around you, you help yourself. That's true. He always did that. Did you think that he was amazing? He said this multiple, it was kind of his mantra that to save one is to save the world. And I feel like that mindset was very powerful because you can't save them all. And when you see everyone around you and all, and you want to save them all and you can't, that feels so heavy. And so I think, and that connected for me for the Love Better podcast that you got me hooked on, where he says, you know, you, you can't love the world, really. You can't love everybody, but you can love that one person who's in front of you. You can love, you, you can do, do what you can. And I think that if you have that mindset, if everyone has that mindset, then then we'll see dramatic change, you know? Yeah, if, you, if you're worried about getting the credit for it, that's not, I just heard his podcast on Love Better and he talked about anonymous love in Providence. Uh, there is a children's hospital and at nine o'clock every night before the children go to bed, everyone in the town they look out the window, the kids do, and everyone lights a flashlight or a, and they all light it for them and they say a prayer. That's and really it's a, cool. It's anonymous, but it, it also would make, he said people are, they're having a party or they may be running or whatever they're doing. Everybody stops, lights, lights a light and individual lights. And those kids look out and they see all those people praying for them. Wow. And that makes a difference. And that's anonymous love. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, when you're anonymous, sometimes you go big. Mm-hmm. And I think when we go back to Lolly, you go big during a wartime because he's talking to people he may not ever see. But he does have humor because this was at the beginning. They put him in this cow truck and the men were telling him to help them bust out of the cattle car. And he replied, if these walls could be breached, don't you think a cow would have done it? <laughs> so I liked him right then because I'm thinking he's a thinker, you know. He's like, don't you think a cow is stronger than us? So 
and he he's and just a cool character down. that calms yeah. everybody down you know and then the part he gets typhus and he's thrown on a card for the dead and then you can see god intervening in this and this guy a young man pushed him off the cart and i don't know how to say the other guy's name who's the original tattooist pepon he helps uh heal and train him and because he's too weak to work this is something he can do and that's how he got to be uh the one who numbered people you know but going back to the guy that saved him he lolly had invested in that relationship so he if you remember he had put into like he saw that guy and helped him emotionally and so it's it's interesting how and then that guy knew that lolly was special too he knew that he had something that other people needed he had something you know and i think that's one of the reasons why because that guy i think ended up getting killed for saving him do you remember that yeah well i mean it's one bad thing after another but then there's some good sprinkled in um i i know that um he even had their numbers you know memorized like his number was 32407 and hers gita was 34902 uh, and when you when someone says the love of lolly's life that I mean, if you can love, like you said, if love can bloom when there, it's like a flower blooming in the middle of the desert, but it happens. It does yes. happen. And I connected that with uh, West with giraffes. I can't remember. I have a little uh, symbol here, my connecting thing, because uh, Lolly didn't want to be like his father. He was kind of emotionally distant. Mm hmm. And he, he connected with his mother, felt sorry for his mother. And so, you know, when people say, well, he's just naturally that way. No, to me, I think he worked at it. Yes. And that guy in the giraffe, his dad was just, uh, like you said, sometimes maybe the war or something had, had impacted these people. But I think Lolly is a testimony. If you let it, it can, but you can rise above it. Yes that's the power of love too like because you'd see that you know these people they're they're just so mistreated horrible atrocities are happening to them and it would be so easy to fall into despair and have no light at all in your world and so just that's that what lolly had he had that spark and then he man when he saw Gita he instantly fell in love with her he's tattooing her arm never saw her before and it's an instant connection for him and then he pursues her um through overtime in the camp but you gotta love her friends so Gita's friends this is oh, a quote yeah. from one of them um because they know that this little love story's going on and you know they don't have that but they said it is enough that one of us has a little happiness we share in it and you let us that's enough for us so that, that gives you chill bumps yes you're just like but that's the power of love and the because in those the kindness and you know little a little bit of that goes a long way so they're feeding off of that little bit it's not even directed towards them they're just getting a little warmth from their friend who has it you know His mother told him 
to be a good husband, you have to listen. That's all she wanted her husband to do. He just, she just wanted him to listen. And I think Lolly did that. He knew that that was the more important because learn what they, she said, learn what they like, what they don't like. And you can't do that unless you listen. And at one point he was a little, uh, a little cocky because someone said, what language did he speak? And he said, Slavic, German, Russian, French, Hungarian, a little Polish. And that Papon, the guy who saved his life, he said, lose your bravado or you'll lose your life. Mm-hmm. And he lost his bravado. Yes. You know, but, you know, he's 25. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, the world's your oyster when you're 25. And really, he needed a little bravado to kind of do what he did. Like, he made connections with... They had workers that weren't in the camp. They were around the city, but they would come and work and build these crematoriums, which are horrible places where they would uh, burn off mass amounts of uh, Jews. And But these people, they had hired uh, outside workers to come, or forced labor. I don't know where, what the, if they were getting paid, but he made connections with them. And so he was able to get some chocolate and some... Um, food and different stuff sneakily from these workers uh, that were uh, the Polish workers that were kind of coming and going every day. And so, and he was able to disperse that to people who needed it. Even medicine. Yeah. Yes. I even wrote down what, when they first met uh, and he also said, he always looked for uh, the positive. And he said, an advantage of being a tattooer is um, that, you know the date when he first met Gita he asked her how her day has been and she answered oh you know how it is got up had a big breakfast kissed mama and papa goodbye before catching the bus to work and Lael said okay dumb question (laughs) (laughs) and that Mm -hmm. is the and love bloomed you know and it also made me think about unbroken that they challenged prisoner to a soccer game like they challenged him to a race that's a great connection because the prisoners aren't supposed to win so they make which is odd why would you have this competition and you don't even want a fair competition it's just another way you want to humiliate them and show that you're better than them which ultimately just shows how insecure you really are yeah your ego is that fragile. Yes. And I just, another true story is Eric uh, Little. He he was in um, a prison, and I think that was the Japanese too. And of course, he had won the Olympic gold medal. And uh, they wanted to do him the same way they did Louis. And, um, but this Japanese guy was a little different because he brought him uh, this big elaborate meals. He brought him food, like fruits and vegetables and all that, but he didn't eat it. He shared it with everybody. Mm. So on the the morning of the race, he's so weak because he shared it with everyone. And that guy gets super mad, you know, but I'm saying, yeah, you're right. You're going to, uh, the, they're weak in any way because they put them in solitary confinement. They beat them up. And then, yeah, how fragile is your ego if you're going to. Mm. You know. Even though in this, in the Tattooist of Oshawa's book, uh, or I mean, real life though, that they could have won. Mm-hmm. They said they had to restrain themselves because they knew it wouldn't end well if they did. Yeah. So they had it planned out that they could, how many times they could score and what, you know, and the same with Unbroken, I think. I think Louis could have won. 
and mm-hmm. but he knew that it wouldn't be worth it you have to think about it you know yes and, and another connection was winter garden about the food i mean this food is just so you know you just don't have it yes know, and, that, and we don't realize that you know yes and one one quote i have is two words always observe and that's what um lolly did and it it served him well he knew what was going on he was very observant but also he he hurt for those people because he get he would get to know them yes but and i think that was that helped him survive because he had something to focus on i think if you don't have a goal then it's you just go towards despair and your circumstances but he was outside of that a little bit thinking always observe. So he was always looking for um, opportunities, um, ways to get more food or to get a better job or to do, you know, he was always observing. And so that kept his mind very sharp Mm -hmm. and astute. Almost like again with unbroken, you know, again, when they're on the raft, like it, Mm -hmm. You physically you could survive but it's the mental game that really is what it comes down to you are so right that is true just like oh and and they do play mental games with you because one of the tattooers it, they um i guess you know they punished him and all that and castrated i didn't want to say it but yeah isn't that sad i mean and then they kept saying to these were supposed to be doctors kept telling uh lolly your time's coming your time's coming. Yeah. And then at one point he was caught smuggling the medicine and food and had to be beaten by his friend. And I, that was hard that I, yes. I couldn't even read that for a while. I just put it down and I said, Oh, cause they wanted him to reveal names, you know? And so that, that's hard for both, you know, just cruel. But his friend, and again, this guy had come into the camp and Lolly had helped him. And so he liked Lolly and he was just this really big guy. And so he did say, I I have to beat you up, but I'll try to make it look worse than it is. So, and so even, you know, obviously it's not good to get beat up, but it was better than if it had been probably a German beating him up. He probably wouldn't have survived. And, And they were surprised that he came back. They said, most people don't come back from, this certain uh, interrogation location that they had. They were very surprised that he was survived that. And you always do, you learn about people. There was that guy, I don't know, Barra Teteski or something. He was terrible and cruel, but his guard. Yeah. You learned that his father beat him. Yes. And his siblings viciously. And so, I mean, I guess there's always a backstory. And that was an interesting, very complicated relationship because he is supposed to guard Lolly all day well, while he's working and stuff. And so, and this is a German soldier, uh, but you said, you're right. He's originally from Romania or something, but he's yeah. a German soldier and very, very cruel. But l- some of Lolly starts rubbing off a little on him. Like, mm-hmm. so he actually ends up even doing some favors for Lolly. And but and Lolly is honest with him in ways that could possibly even come back and get him killed. But even like he was giving him relationship advice, and and right after he said it, he was like, "Oh no! Like I probably shouldn't have said that." 
but I, I feel like it was a really strange relationship because he he still hated this captor guy, but he still wanted him to be human. You know, yeah. he still wanted him to wanted be to a better him. person. Yeah. The whole draw to World War II is the determination and the steadfastness of these people who never gave up. Mm, In the yes. midst of all of this, no food or, you know, and doesn't this kind of go with the hiding place, of course? Yes. I mean, the lice and all that that, that you dealt with, but these people just kept, kept going. And yes. um, I, I'm just like, it, it's amazing. It was, you know chilling oh, and, uh, yeah. that that love can bloom in, in that in that situation and that, that other people were blessed by the you know uh, that's what the the author was talking to a group of people and she said it is a hard read but I'll tell you it has a good ending <laughs> <laughs> but it is different and that's funny that you say I actually read this on a plane and I was reading it and a man walked past going to the bathroom and he said, oh, I read that book. It's such a good book. He's like, it didn't end like I thought it would. And I'm like, oh, no, because I hope it ends well. He's like, it ends well, but not like you think. And so and he was right, because you think being liberated would be that's the happy ending. But it's really not. I mean, being liberated was a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. and but we all know that you have scars yes and you have uh like like they never could gain weight and they always had a lot of food in the house well that's just what like winter garden you know mm -hmm. she always had a full freezer and a full refrigerator because if you've never eaten if for days and you know i think it it it, it marks you it, oh, it changes yes you. oh a hundred percent I think that was, I read a story about Audrey Hepburn. Uh, she went through that and they were hiding and everything. And when the Americans came in, one of the soldiers gave her a, a chocolate bar. And she always liked chocolate after that because that was a symbol of their freedom. So Audrey Hepburn, I didn't realize that. They were hiding. Yeah. Where was she from? Um. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, she was, they were hiding and she tried to entertain them because she was, she kind of wanted to be a ballerina, but she didn't have the body for it, but she would, and then they would say, shh, shh we have to be quiet. And, uh, but I mean, it's kind of like, um, where were, where would be safe in that area? Because I was just reading that other book by Alan Gratz, Refugee. And in one part of it, it tells you that Hitler, you know, Hitler said he wanted the land that they lost in World War One. So he was getting land. He said, but and I need just I'm done. I'm done. And then they would get more. So like Poland was a huge area that but I don't know if that's where she was, but Poland and um, Belgium. And I mean, he went into all these places. So yeah. which was sad because people would go they would leave germany and go to one of these other places thinking they would be safe but but they were coming yes so do you see i mean i, I don't know and then this has uh, we actually have some friends that have been to this um prison and she said it was just chilling i mean nobody's talking you're oh, going yeah. through there because you can feel history you know and the crematoriums i don't even 
I, I one of those uh, there was a little friction between um, Lolly and um, one of the builder's sons, but the dad was funny because he said, "The mouth here is my son Yuri." <laughs> because <laughs> Yuri didn't like to do what he was doing and well uh but I'm thinking well Yuri you're a lot better off than Lolly yes but it was um Victor that helped them so I didn't know you knew people who had gone to Auschwitz you do too Mr. and Miss Stroud oh okay well and the the German words on the iron gates as you come in say um it's in German but it, it means work makes you free so that's what you see as you're entering. I just don't understand why. Why they were able to do that. Why? What was their thinking? What, I just don't understand. That's so horrid. So horrid. But I think when you can... Um, I, I read that somewhere that if you can take away people's identity and you refer to them as um jews see you kind of lost something there oh the dirty jew this way and then and then in like the hiding place if you even help a jew you're bad yes so it goes from and and i i learned in that other book the refugee so hitler called ahead or i don't know what how he got ahead but and this ship was coming with all these jews on board for cuba and he tells them not to accept it and then he tell he calls America, and this is before the war. There is no war going on. This is like 1939, but so he wanted to get inside the mind of the Jewish people and say, "Your own country doesn't want you." And guess what? Neither does any of these other countries. Wow! And I didn't know that. No. And these are true. I mean, that's a fictional story, but in the back, all of that is true, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Wow! Mm. Like such hatred. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I mean that's they have to work hard at that type of hatred. It's just like why, like why? Well, I mean, and I don't think the mind is a wonderful thing, but even when you see that clip of Lolly, you know, he's a he he's not the lively person he might have been had he not been in a prison camp. You yes, know? because she said that in her talk. Um, I can't remember how many times she went to his house. He wanted to tell his story of him and G Gita. Uh -huh. He wanted that story out there. But he wanted someone that knew nothing about the Holocaust. Which I thought that was funny. Because, you know, she knew nothing about it. And she said, I fit the bill. So ignorance, in her case, was bliss. <laughs> I wonder if that's just because we, we you would come into it with a bias or come into so. it he wanted a clean slate i think he wanted it to be told purely and mm. accurately and that was important to him but she, he wouldn't even say anything for a long time and when when she would come into his house his head would be down he would give her coffee he never asked how she wanted it and she said it was the worst tasting coffee you ever had <laughs> in your life and but, but she drank would, it yeah she drank it but it, and then eventually she got smart when they when when finally he started opening up and when he started talking about Gita, she said he lit up and he said, she said, this is the once in a lifetime. He loved her with all her heart, with all his heart. And it was. Ooh. And I just appreciate Heather Morris so much for, for taking the time to validate and honor Lolly. 
I mean, she, that, that is love. She mm-hmm. was showing him love. And this is a story that needed to be told. And, and that took time. And because when you go through something like that, it's, it's going to be hard to articulate that. And so she would just get bits and pieces of different time. And she had to piece it all together and create the timeline and fit things where they were supposed to go because his, the way he was, it was just, you know, a story here, a story there. And just when he thought about it and, and he's having to go through all of that over again and process all of that. And she invited him into her home and for three years, but every time she would go and get to his house, he would say, are you finished with the book, my book yet? (laughs) No pressure. She said, no pressure. But he, I think he, he did have a sense of humor because she said, she took him to um, a dance once because she wanted him to get out or something. And he goes up in front of everybody and says that she is his girlfriend <laughs> and she's married. You know, she said, mm-hmm. I-, I let him get by with it a couple of times. But then finally, once I said, Lolly, you know that I'm married and all this in front of the people. And then he said, yeah, you're she's right. She's my mistress. <laughs> so she said uh, i learned right then don't go get into a battle of wits with him because he's gonna right. win <laughs> and i said yeah I, I knew someone that had a keychain never get into a battle of wits with an unarmed person but i think he probably was the leader there in far as mind games or something you're not going to outsmart him that's true and i think he he just uh it is an inspiration, but I think he was being very vulnerable to share all that. Oh, you know, yes. I think that would even be harder for a man than a woman. I think it would have been easier for Gita to do it. Well, and I think one of the bigger obstacles, too, was he had guilt because he had a better job than some, you mm-hmm. know, and he had he had a little bit more food and even though he dispersed that to people and shared what he had, but he still had this guilt, I think, that he had to struggle with, which he shouldn't have, you know. And even in the book, he's talking to um, a girl that is horribly used by... A, oh, a, that's, what the one, that's what the next book's about. That's why I couldn't read it. But uh, he told her at the end, like, you don't, you don't have any guilt, you know, for that wasn't your choice to do that. Like, you were made to do that. And even though he was made to do that, I still think he struggled with that. Yeah. So getting over that and um, but he shouldn't have had any shame, but I think he did uh, it, from what Heather Morris was saying. But yeah, I just love that he he did get his story out and he wanted it told. And so it, it is a beautiful love story, but it is just, uh, oh, it's a horrible circumstance a story of, of everything that takes place i think we can this. see when we leave when man leaves god's plan and sin rules that's what happens mm-hmm. i think when we realize that oh man yeah a, a, a man left to his own devices it can be you know who would have thought to build those crematoriums who would have even thought about that well, you know, so there's American soldier testimonies of, and people have written about their grandfathers or fathers and 
and they weren't even in the camps. These are the American soldiers that liberated some of them. They didn't liberate Auschwitz. I think Germans or the Russians did, but they, the Americans did liberate these other concentration camps and they just liberating them changed the Americans. Like they, and they had been at war. They'd seen death. They'd seen that, but nothing as atrocious as what they saw when they liberated these camps. And some of them said their, their grandpas couldn't even talk about it. Um, some of them, you know, would just break down every time they thought about it, but that's, um, how bad it was. And the, again, that love better podcast, uh, that, that one that you shared with me about Gerda, oh, there's yeah. a really good one about that and about the, the liber- a camp being liberated and just the, they, they hadn't felt any dignity. They hadn't felt any, um, just decency you know they were just treated worse than dogs they were and so the just something simple as the american soldier calling them ladies was helping restore their dignity and treating them like a, a human and so you just don't think about that yeah. but i'm dehumanizing you you don't just bounce back from that no so yeah, it's funny how things connect together when you're, you know, you do one thing and you're like, oh, well, and, and you never know, because I remember that in the Lost Book of Names, there was a Nazi soldier who was good and helped them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and they're, I'm sure, like, I loved what you said about, you said, that's the American that we want to be, the ones that go in and rescue the people who can't, who need to be rescued. Yes. You know, that's good and true. And be like, uh, like that's what that's what we're supposed to do. Yes, be a light mm-hmm. in 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 the darkness. And if you're so busy figuring out your identity and your agenda and all that, you're not going to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. You're going to be wrapped up in yourself in that little tiny package. But uh, Lolly wasn't. He tried to help everybody, and by doing that, just knowing him made everybody that that his life touched a better person yes and that's the epitome of being a christian yes when when you should bless someone's life it's it could be the lady at the grocery store or you holding a door open for somebody or you know helping someone pick something up they just all throughout your day there's these we we could be like lolly and always observe and there'll be an opportunity to serve Always yes. observe. Look, look, look for an opportunity to serve. That even kind of rhymes. And the small things matter. So even if it doesn't seem big, the small things matter. Oh, that is so true. I, and that I think we want we want something big. Mm-hmm. You you hit it on the head right there. We want it to be a big thing, you know, instead of the daily. Uh, as the habits of the household will tell you, what do you do little? that little bitty daily encouragement. But I think people say, you know, if it's a big one and done, you know, well, you know, I love you, you know, yes. But I, I, I think, um, w- wow. Yeah. The small things and just him giving people a little piece of chocolate or, and that goes with that book you read to the boys, 20 and 10 little piece of chocolate, a little piece of chocolate. And, uh, it, it it is more than the chocolate it's the kindness behind it 
because everything you know the, it's so scarce and to share that is it, it's just a sacrifice and love is a sacrifice but i love it, it, on the the book it says based on the powerful true story of love and survival and that pretty much sums up what it is about it is about love and survival and but it is a good read it's a necessary read uh, i highly recommend it it, it will grow you I have two kindness quotes, one from, uh, kind of surprisingly, Mark Twain. Kindness is a language the deaf can hear and the blind can see. I love it. That's a great quote. But then I, I couldn't decide. And this one is by J.M. Barry. Isn't that the person who wrote Peter Pan? I'm not sure. But this one kind of surprised me, too. Uh, shall we make a new rule of life from tonight? always to try to be a little kinder than is necessary. I like that. So I couldn't decide, but there we go. So let's all try to be kinder than necessary. <laughs> Read a book like this, you'll think, man, for him to be kind, or like Silka, that was Gita's friend, she put you know, she put their joy at her own risk. She was trying to help them. You know, that is a kindness that we don't, we can't even wrap our head around. But surely yes. we can say, good day, good day, mate. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, just, I, and you know what? It will grow you. But if somebody gets your order wrong in a restaurant, is it really that big a deal? You have food. Or cuts in front of you um, yeah. while you're driving. You know, that goes back to that Brant Hansen book, Unoffendable. Is it really something that should offend you? Or are you just at a bad place in your head? Yeah. You know, so this kind of puts, puts us to, and if you're having, if anybody's having trouble being grateful, this should make you very grateful. Do you? Yes, you know? I agree. And so hopefully if you've listened this far, Hopefully you've got something out of it. And if, uh, if you have, please give us, uh, yes, please follow us and leave a review and uh, follow us on Facebook. We have a group called the Recap Book Chat and would love to hear any comments or ideas or any takeaways you had from this book or any future books. Because I know we're late to the ball game in reading this. So I'm sure some of our people, some of the recap you know recapsters uh have already read it so let us know what you think and we'd love to hear from you and we really appreciate you dropping in and that is a wrap on the tattooist of oshawitz by heather morris and remember stay on track read your stack <laughs>